We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Lakers Nation podcast. I'm Sean Davis. You can find me on Twitter over at Sean underscore D-A-V-I. We have a exciting and very fun show plan for today uh gonna break down a topic that i know has been circulating social media and laker fans have been having this conversation about darvin ham compared to frank vogel we are now at this time of this recording 18 games into the darvin ham regime here as the new lakers head coach i'm going to take a look at some uh the positives and negatives and we're going to break it down to five categories here comparing head coach darvin ham with previous coach Frank Vogel, uh, which includes offensive coaching scheme, defensive coaching scheme, in-game adjustments, out-of-game adjustments, being like going from game to game, and then leadership. Uh, we're going to judge them off of those five categories, and then we are uh, going to you know, see who winds up with the most points out of that at the end. Now, before we get into all that, a quick reminder, guys, please do Subscribe right here to the Lakers Asia YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to your podcast, please give, please give us a five-star rating and review. It's the easiest way, guys, to help out the show. All right, everybody. Let's get into it. Let's dive into the first category here, and that is going to be offensive coaching and scheme here. Obviously, Frank Vogel is not an offensive coach. Um in the slightest, right? And I feel like with, in Frank Vogel's time here as the Lakers head coach, that was easily the most frustrating side of the ball. That was the side of the ball that I was kind of excited to see what Darvin Ham might be able to do coming from Milwaukee, coming from, in my opinion, one of the best X's and O's coaches in the NBA in head coach Mike Boonholzer. And I think we've seen a lot of similarities here in Los Angeles. Um, offensive coaching, I'm, I'm just going to get straight to the chase here. Offensive coaching, Darvin Ham wins this one rather easily, actually. Um, I think in terms of the offensive scheme and how their four-out-one-in motion gets open looks for guys that on the roster are not – does not really suit the scheme. And, you know, like guys that could actually knock down a shot would excel in, right? So I don't think it's the scheme that's the problem. I think it's the personnel and not having the guys – the right guys on the floor – Right, but like this scheme does a great job of getting guys open. Darvin's thing is, I feel like they're actually running too many sets. So there's a, like I said, they they have over a hundred. They ran over a hundred different unique 
half court sets this season, which one could argue is actually quite a lot. Like that's a little too much, actually, I'd argue. But um Dart, when they actually run their sets, they work, they're awesome. Um, and Grand while it is over a hundred, I think it's like 142, something like that. They build off of each other nicely, so it's not completely new stuff every single time. It's more like a wrinkle, if anything. Um, but Darvinham easily wins offense. There's an actual foundation offensively now. And when they go to their motion offense or their half-court sets, it feels like they know what looks they want compared to last season or in the or the Frank Vogel regime in general. So point number one goes to Darvinham. For offensive coaching and scheme, when they actually run plays, it works and it's awesome. Um, and the motion offense, it gets stuff done. The freelance stuff kind of bothers me, and I feel like the, the shot selection that they allow from the players is annoying as well. But nonetheless, um, I, I love the offense for the most part that Coach Hammett's implemented uh, in his time uh, being in a Lakers uh, as the Lakers head coach. So point number one goes to Darvin Ham. Let's look at defensive coaching and scheme here. Now, obviously, Frank Vogel is a defensive-minded head coach. But, and this might be a little controversial here. But Frank Vogel is going to win this one. Frank Vogel is going to win. He's going to win. But I do want to give some credit to Darvin Ham. And why I, mean, why I say that is because Dar- Frank Vogel did more with more, right? And what I mean by that is like Frank Vogel with the defensive talent and the pieces to fit his scheme, led, like have back-to-back what top five defenses in the NBA, right, including NBA championship. But Darvin Ham with very much less de- less skilled players has been able to do more with less than, when, than Frank Vogel could last season, right? So Frank is going to win – the defensive coaching category. Uh, he's not going to get the full one point, though. Again, the reason behind that being, I feel like Darwin's doing a really, oh, a really admirable job, admirable job with lackluster defensive pieces. Like he's making Lonnie Walker looks like serviceable defensively. Russ has had a better defensive year than he has had in re- in, in years past, at least based off the eye test. Now, granted, I ha- I do have some of my gripes with Darvin Ham defensively. Like, their rotations defensively, I don't feel like they do any of the things that really good defenses do. Like, I don't know, not help ball side corner, which is just super, super weird. I understand stunting in the gap maybe, but completely committing and helping and getting into the passing lane or in the driving lane there, allowing drive and kick possible uh, opportunities to ball side corner shooters makes no sense to me. Um, and how they guard certain actions is kind of mind-boggling, but I think Coach Ham has gotten a, a good amount out of really bad defensive players coming in, whereas, Dar- whereas Frank Vogel last season, where, you know, Rob Plague was kind of like, here, here he goes, a, a bag of, like, Doritos or whatever, like, make it great. Frank was able to do that, was able to come close. Now, granted, uh, this might not be a bag of Doritos, but I think Darvin done a lot better with less than what Frank did. But when you gave Frank the actual defensive pieces, Frank Vogel was able to coach up a top five defense in the NBA. So therefore, Frank Vogel does get the full uh does get the win here. But when you give Darvin Ham a, a shout out um for, for being able to do an admirable job 
with some uh, pretty suspect pieces. And I do want to add that I'm a little irritated and frustrated by like the lack of like defensive versatility from Darvin Ham, especially in terms of their ball screen coverages and how they've utilized Anthony Davis. Though this is easily the most vanilla and like bland we've seen Anthony Davis being used in terms of a a defender and as a ball screen defender in his entire career. He is being used so so heavily as a drop coverage big which he can do, but that's not 80 at his best. And that's why I've argued so much that the Lakers could really use another big on the floor, another really good big cough, cough, Yaka Pertle or Miles Turner, because now when Anthony Davis is the five and you're dragging him away from the action, now the rim is unprotected. Now your defense is kind of exposed. You don't have any rim protection anymore. So um, hopefully Darvin Ham and the Lakers can make a move to get another center. But anyway, Defensive coaching does go to Frank Vogel, although it is going to uh, get you know partial credit, partial credit, if you will, to Coach Ham. Now, let's go to after-game adjustments really quickly. We're going to skip around. After-game adjustments, it's going to go Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham, one point to zero points compared to Frank Vogel. In a playoff series, I feel like Vogel's a lot quicker with some of his adjustments, but I think you saw last year, Laker Nation, Frank Bogle held on to certain things way, way, way too long, where I feel like Darvin Ham and this coaching staff are like, okay, cool, this works, this works, this works, this doesn't work, cool, let's focus on what does work a lot more and what doesn't work. Like, I I, I don't think Frank, I mean, for, for, for crying out loud, how, how long did it take for Frank to, like, realize, hey, maybe we – probably shouldn't be starting DeAndre Jordan in the starting five. Like, things like that. Uh, the Lakers, like, could not – or let me give you a better example. Darvin Ham is in the Lakers when teams would try to double-team AD in the post and how you'd beat that. I, I kind of went on the rant, a rant on Twitter after that game, like how so easy it is to just beat a double-team in the post. Lakers the next game was not a problem. Granted, Brooklyn didn't do it, but like the game after that, they tried it. It didn't work. Right. So I feel like after the game adjustments, the Lakers, this current Lakers coaching staff does a really good job at identifying what needs to be tying up on what works and what does not work that we just need to stop doing. Um, And I feel like they are quicker to making these uh, pull the plug decisions. The last year's coaching staff under Frank Vogel was not so. The point is going to go to Darvin Ham. Um, and really, really quickly, let's take a quick pause so I can address this. I'm not necessarily saying Frank Bogle or that Darvin Ham is the 100% better coach. I am saying with the jobs they've done for the Lakers, if that makes sense. I'm trying to find a really good comparison. Um, it's kind of hard. But, I, and you know, I feel like in the right situation, Frank Bogle is a better head coach. But based off the jobs they've done, of the jobs they did with the Lakers, that is why I'm evaluating this based off of Frank Vogel's resume, his track record, he's an NBA champion. I would probably take Frank Vogel for those reasons. But based off the track record and, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not based off track record, based off their time as the Lakers head coach and what we saw in that tenure, that is what I'm basing it off of. So, so far, Darvin Ham does have the lead, and right now the score is 2.25 to 
episode 0.75. Darvin Ham, coach, coaching staff, is in the lead. Uh, let's go to in-game adjustments. I feel like they're both kind of shaky, so let's just give it a tie. Um, I think Darvin Ham, and this this in, encompasses everything. This encompasses in-game adjustments, rotations, matchups, scouting. Uh, scouting actually probably falls a little bit more in after-game adjustments, but uh, they're both. They were both Coach Ham and Coach Vogel were both kind of suspects with the rotations in the game, when to pull the plug on certain guys, what lineups. Now, granted, especially in the last two seasons, there haven't been very many great options, right, in terms of uh, playable rotation players, right. There, there haven't been very many great options, but. I, I do think both coaches struggled, especially in the last two seasons, with making rotations and you know when to pull the plug on certain guys and what what adjustments need to be made. Uh, the Lakers out of out of the third quarters, out of, uh, excuse me, out of halftime, been off over the past two years. I don't know what's going on or you know what the other team is is doing to you know cause things like this to happen. But, you know, the Lakers' in-game adjustments have killed them recently and killed them in the last couple of seasons. But um, I, I, it's a tie. I don't think it's any big, like, swaying factor or anything. I just think they got to come out and execute. And But the coaching staff, they got to make the proper adjustments a lot quicker, I feel. After the game, this is the same way I felt about Frank Vogel's coaching staff. After the game especially in a playoff series, at least with Frank Vogel, where you get to look at the film, you have to make an adjustment quickly before a next game against the same opponent. Sure, I love Frank in that scenario. As a matter of fact, there's probably only a handful of coaches. I think I can confidently say this. There was a handful of coaches in terms of in-game, in terms of uh, adjustments in a playoff series. I'd rather have more than Frank Vogel. I think that's just a fact. There's only a few coaches I'd rather have more than Frank Vogel. But in-game adjustments, I think you can beat Frank Vogel in that department. Um, and Darvin Ham, through 18 games, hasn't shown much resistance in terms of, hey, in-game adjustments, it's not going to be a problem for us. So uh, that does concern me a little bit with this Lakers coaching staff. Granny is a rookie head coach, so hopefully that's not a problem going forward, but definitely something to keep an eye out for. All right. Let's see here. Let's take a look at leadership. This is so, so hard. So, so hard. And the reason I'm, why I'm going to say it's so, so hard, you're not in the locker room, right? You're not in the locker room. So it's just really hard to tell, you know, who does what and what have you. Leadership, it, I'm going to go 50-50 only because First off, I've seen what a Frank Vogel brought in team can look like. We all have seen it. It won him an NBA championship, right? But going back to my point earlier, Darvin Ham, it feels like, has gotten more out of less talented players. And that's what it feels like without, like, losing the respect of the big guys, right? Darvin Ham has gotten the buy-in even from the Russell Westbrooks, from – the Anthony Davis, once again, LeBron James, the Lonnie Walkers playing phenomenal basketball, Lonnie Walker. Austin Reese having a career year. Grant is only his second year in the NBA. 
Wendy and Gabriel having a really good season. Troy Brown making some big contributions at, at uh, certain points in the game. Um, and a large part of that is because of the buy-in, right? That's the buy-in, man. And I, I always say this on, on the show constantly. Like, it does not matter. Like, if Eric Spolstra is going to get that Heat team to buy in, I think Eric Spolstra is a top three X's and O's head coach in, in the NBA. It wouldn't matter, right? What? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Eric Spolstra was going to do schematically or with the X's and O's, you know, if the Heat did not buy into the the, the, the coaching that Eric Spolstra was giving them. So that's why I feel like Darvin Ham does get a, a notch up on Frank Vogel is that he's gone immediately, it feels like, the buy-in from these guys. They want to compete. They're playing at the bare minimum level that you need to compete at and to play the NBA uh, fast brand of basketball at a high level. He gets that out of the guys regardless. Um, we haven't seen this team just like straight up give up on them this season, which we saw countless and countless numbers of times last season where this team would just give up, just flat out give up. Here you go. You can have the win. We don't want it. We haven't seen that from this Lakers team so far this season. All right. We haven't seen that. So this Lakers team, it feels like they're bought into the leadership and the ideology of a Darvin Ham and really want to buy in, really want to play hard and play for each other. Um, and, and and that's what it's all about, man. You you just love to see stuff like that. Um, simple stuff, man. Like, uh, you know, we're going to play hard for each other or stuff like that. Granted, I'm, Patrick Beverly does make a difference, I feel, in the locker room. But I'm not so sure if it was last season. We're going to see a player, you know, do what Pat Bev did for um, Russell Westbrook. I don't think we see that last season. That's not saying they don't rock Russell Westbrook, but just the mentality and the leadership and the, the level of being bought in for your for your uh, teammates. Um, it, it is absolutely big time. Um, and it, it's so fun to watch. We have a team that's bought in and engaged and they, they love playing for each other, but it all starts on with the level of buy-in. So leadership is going to go to uh, head coach uh, Darvin Ham. It's going to be tied, actually, but I think I'm going to lean towards Darvin Ham on that one. Again, we've seen a Frank Vogel-led team win an NBA championship. Not saying he does not have the leadership qualities, but in terms of like buy-in, getting the most out of 
potentially limited talent, uh, that might be Darvin Ham. I want to go back to the offensive coaching. Darvin Ham wins. This is the only category, one of the only categories he won after game adjustments as well. But I want to give so much credit to Darvin Ham and his coaching staff. What they have been able to do with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook and Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker, by the way, they have gotten an incredibly high amount of just like production out of Lonnie Walker having a career season this year. And it's probably, unfortunately, for Laker fans, going to get paid this offseason. It's it, it's because of their offense. It's because of the offense. And now when Lonnie and everybody's healthy, if Lonnie's really shooting like this, right, if this is what Lonnie Walker is, by the way, Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves, kudos to them, and they now provide the floor spacing to a certain degree. Lonnie Walker is shooting 37% from three. Austin Reeves, 38% from three. Troy Brown, not grade 33 or 32%. LeBron shooting better as of late. You have a few legitimate knockdown shooters. Dennis Shooter, technically, I mean, shooting 36%. Now the Lakers are shooting 32% from three. You're playing a different ball game now because you're below league average, but now you have the opportunity for any given night. You know, we're going to pop off and, and, and make a bunch of shots. Like we just saw a case of point against the San Antonio Spurs the other night, right? Where everything was knocking down for both teams. The Lakers shot 52% from three, right? And it's because of the offense, the open shots. I get it. Teams might leave players more open than you typically would because the Lakers are not a good three-point shooting team. But guess what? Keep leaving Lonnie Walker open. LeBron's going to generate his own good looks. Austin Reeves is going to get uh, really good looks. From LeBron, from a Russ, from an AD. I promise you, I think it's the offense that's really doing a great job of setting these guys up and setting them up and getting them in spots where they can be successful. And that is thanks to the offensive coaching and brilliance of Darvin Ham. So offensively, I'm going to give it to Darvin Ham. I'm not going to cheat it. I'm going to give the full defensive point, however, to Frank Vogel. Not more out of pity. But more so, I like I, I do respect Frank Vogel. I think if you gave both coaches the same playing field, like the, like you gave them both a great defense or a like great defensive talent, Frank Vogel probably clears. I would probably go Frank Vogel with rather ease. But that's not really saying much. We're 18 games in. We are 18 games in to the Darvin Ham Frank Vogel uh, Darvin Ham experiment. Excuse me. Frank Vogel won the Lakers in the NBA championship, but was there really a ceiling on for Frank Vogel? I feel like the ceiling was already capped. Like Frank Vogel was never going to be more than a top 12 to 13 head coach in the NBA as the Lakers head coach. Darvin Ham has the opportunity to be a top eight coach. Not this year. No, 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 no. I highly doubt that. But by next year, maybe year three, he could be a top eight head coach in the NBA because of how much he could get these guys to buy in. You'd imagine he had better personnel. You'd imagine he'd, he'd learn and adjust to a, a couple of things. I'm hoping really more so uh, defensively with some of those schemes and coverages. Because um, that I honestly didn't feel like. I felt like defensively it was fun at the start of the season, but there's definitely going to be a regression to the mean. Um, Darvin Ham, there isn't a ceiling yet. There is no ceiling. 
You knew what you were going to get out of Frank Vogel. There is still a level of uncertainty with Darvin Ham. Who knows? I could be completely wrong, and Darvin Ham is not a great head coach. But from the, the tree and the pedigree he's come from, working under Mike Boonholzer, again, in my opinion, one of the best X's and O's head coaches in the NBA, who now is uh, has his own coaching tree. Biggest name that pops into my mind is Taylor Jenkins, who's done a phenomenal job down there in Memphis. Darvin Ham could be the next Taylor Jenkins. Darvin Ham could you know, really be the long-term, the next long-term big-name head coach for the Los Angeles Lakers because of what, how he gets these guys to play offensively. And presumably, well, by the way, they share the ball really, really well offensively. And presumably, once he starts to get some of those defensive pieces that he needs to execute this scheme, the defense can actually be really, really good and not be rather fluky, but okay to start off the season, which is kind of what it was this season. But Laker Nation, comment down below. Who do you guys prefer? Who do you guys think is the better head coach as a Lakers head coach? Darvin Ham winds up winning here three to two. Frank Vogel winning outright in the defensive coaching category. Darvin Ham winning outright and after game adjustments and offensive coaching. Those are two massive, 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 massive upgrades compared to last season under head coach Darvin Ham. It's just the game, the game adjustments. And, you know, hey, this team's going to trap the post this week. Cool. This team wants to do a next game. We're not letting that happen. We have a count for right now. Offensively, it, it's so clear, night and day difference from the Frank Vogel regime. This is the most complicated and best offense Lakers I've seen in over a decade, honestly. So it's so fun to watch and it's so fun to break it down for you all. Thank you all so much for watching. And until next time.